This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery... Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. Gonna make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. Hello, here we are for another episode of Smart TV, the best of the box with my good friend and colleague, Kellyanne Taylor. Hello, hello. Beaming in from somewhere in the north, brackets of London, (laughs) and uh, myself, Caroline Frost, in the studio at Radio Times House. So we will be brief because apparently Kellyanne's a very busy lady. So I will, shall I kick off? Shall I kick off? All right. With some drama, in case you haven't heard, The Crown is back. It's for the sixth and very final series of this incredibly dynastic, high-budget, highfalutin, award-winning tale of the monarchy in all its glory, but also disruptions. Interestingly, it's being presented to us this time in two halves. Mm. Why? Mm, It's because they're dealing with the still tragic, but still incredibly controversial Diana era. And these first episodes, I think the idea is that they deal with her tragic death in 1997 in the car crash in Paris. And then they kind of bed those in, give audiences a chance to just sort of process those, experience them almost as a separate film, really. And then there'll be a gap and then they're going to come back with the rest of the series and tie off all the loose ends. And that's when we'll meet teenage Prince William and a very young, blooming Kate Middleton in their romance at St Andrews. So I can see why they're doing it. Does that make sense to you, Kellyanne, that they would do that? Mm. I think You've seen it a lot, I think, especially with final series, when they're also trying to really tap into that hype and to mm-hmm. make sure as many people as possible can get to, you know, like the water cooler moment, to have those conversations, to really get it off the ground. Because I do think that perhaps some popularity of the series has waned over the series and knowing that this is the last one it will just get more people I think involved in the conversation which is inevitably what they're going to be gunning for. For sure so commercially and editorially a sound decision from the smart tv gang. 
Right, what do you have for us? Right, so this is, I think, the weirdest television show on the box at the moment. So people will remember the smash hit drama Squid Game, uh, which has now been turned into TV's biggest game show with a whopping $4.56 million prize. For one person? For one person. No way. Okay, so I mean... Perhaps the success of the Korean drama anyway begs a question to TV commissioners. Can they ever truly know what we want? And I ask that because when it was initially commissioned, that show was just to boost subscriptions in East Asia. And instead, what we saw was the biggest international hit in Netflix's 16 years. So it is marginally unhinged its story or, you know, its its origin story. And now they're turning it into a game show. So Spoiler, nobody dies. Um, unlike, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Which, when I first heard about this show, obviously alarm bells were ringing. But people from around the world play the games from the drama. It, it seems simple. Uh, let's see what comes out of it. I think the only slight concern is I feel it is a little bit Hunger Gamesy, And I think when we start introducing these quite graphic and quite violent games into a mainstream audience, it does beg the question, where are we headed as a society? <laughs> well, this is really funny. As a TV Yvette in this, mm. in this particular gathering, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed older person is queen. So Clive James used to make great hay of these bizarre particularly Japanese tolerance games. I don't know if you've ever seen clips from the 70s and 80s where particularly Japanese contestants did unbelievably self-sabotaging, self-damaging things in the name of competitiveness and winning a prize. And then really Squid Game, the drama, was parodying that, was scrutinising it and saying, what are we made of? And now it's gone back to being a real-life game show inspired by that drama. We've gone full circle. And I think you're right. Where are we headed? Well, who knows? But I imagine the audience will be massive. So that is Squid Game, the challenge, and it will be available from the 22nd of November on Netflix. Rightio, I've got something a little bit more sober. So this is Return to Lockerbie with Lorraine Kelly. You might think that that's a surprising duo of names, but in fact, Lorraine Kelly is the perfect person to be making this documentary. She was actually, as a young setting out reporter in her native Scotland 35 years ago, she was one of the very first journalists on the scene when that terrible tragedy happened when the jumbo jet was blown out of the air over the town of Lockerbie back in 1988. And she returns. And what's interesting, she tells us in this week's Radio Times, she's actually never been back before just because, I guess, too traumatic and life has taken her in different directions. But she does go back and it's about how the town has come to terms with this tragic past. It's a, there are a few towns in this country that very sadly are defined. You only have to say the name of the town and they're defined by a tragedy that has occurred on their ground, on their turf. But uh, I think Lockerbie is is one of the most moving of those and off she goes. I think she's remarkable. It shows another side of her as well and you're reminded, I mean, goodness me, she's an icon of the small screen. She makes it look so effortless and it really isn't. And I think what this documentary shows is, is how she earned those chops. So, I mean, good for her, hopefully good for the town, but goodness me, 35 years later, she goes wow. back. So that is the uh, return to Lockerbie with Lorraine Kelly and it's on Wednesday, 9pm ITV. 
anyone who regularly listens to this podcast knows that I have a weird fascination with anything Shakespeare. So I was delighted when this documentary fell across my desks. This is Will's book, Shakespeare's First Folio on Sky Arts, Tuesday, 8pm. Now, why this is fascinating is we discovered that 18 Shakespeare plays, including very famous Tempest, Twelve Night, Measure for Measure, might have been lost forever if not for this first folio of the Bard's work, which was created seven years after his death. And what this film does, and why I think it's enjoyable, is we see both experts and actors, so we've got the likes of Roger Allen, Stephen Fry, telling the story of two of Shakespeare's associates who fought for years to keep these texts together and to assemble this folio. And I think it's remarkable that the action of those two men have made sure that texts that we study, that we still see in theatres today, were kept alive because of the works of these men. That should inspire us, Killian. What yes. should we save today? A copy <laughs> of Hello Magazine. Archive? Yes. <laughs> the archive of Radio Times, 100 I years. I think so. The Christmas double issue for <laughs> stars. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think that's it's well worth the watch, especially if you love Shakespeare. So that's Will's book, Shakespeare's First Folio, Sky Arts, Tuesday, 8pm, and it's followed by David Tennant's Richard II. So it's a real Shakespeare treat. And do you have a film of the week? So I do. I love to keep my eyes peeled for a good film coming to terrestrial television. So this week it's Little Women on Channel 4, Saturday, 3.20pm. Obviously you can find it afterwards on Channel 4's streaming service. Before Greta Gerwig made Barbie, which was the biggest film of 2023 and which became the highest grossing film made by a solo female director of all time, she adapted Louisa May Alcott's Little Women, uh, which, you know, the two are quite opposing, I guess, in some senses, but there's that theme of female friendship and uh, female camaraderie, which I think shines through in both. It follows four sisters living in 1860s America. Uh, at the forefront is Saoirse Ronan as Joe March, and it made a star of Oscar-nominated Florence Pugh. So I don't think it needs more convincing than that. It's well worth the watch while it's on the uh, small screen. It's Little Women on Channel 4, Saturday, 3.20pm. And now, Caroline, take us to the archive. Ooh, well, I'm completely obsessed with all things royal this week because of The Crown. And I found on ITVX that you can actually watch the 1981 Royal Wedding in its entirety, three solid hours of <laughs> Prince Charles as he was then, a beautiful Lady Diana Spencer. There's Camilla in St Paul's Cathedral in the crowd. I mean, all of this stuff has been much discussed over the last, gosh, what is it now, 40 plus years. But nevertheless, quite fun. Until The Crown turns up next Thursday, you can wet your whistle with a bit of this on ITVX Premium. Not quite sure how many people have subscribed to that, but it is available. And if you don't want to do that, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. But uh, do tune in. Uh, let us know if you will be watching The Crown or if you're one of those people who thinks that they really shouldn't be tampering with recent history in the way that they have been doing. Let us know what you're watching. If you like something, specifically if you don't like something, we do want to know about it. You can email us at podcast at radiotimes.com and in the meantime happy, happy viewing, viewing. 